When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Numbers to get in can join us. Uh, easy to do at 466-3776-466-3776. Toll free where you hear us along the Hale Varsity Radio Network. one 800 825 5865 can email chris at hailvarsity.com and absolutely follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and uh, different uh, Twitter handles to check out ESPN Lincoln and uh, Omaha's ESPN 590 and for sure Hail Varsity uh, at Hail Varsity is where you go. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll spend time with Mitch Sherman, get his take and impressions from the open practice yesterday, marching towards Ireland as that is nearing as uh, some topics to get into uh, with Mitch. So Mitch Sherman in 15 minutes in hour two. Rick Kaczynski, longtime coach for Nebraska and Iowa, assistant with Coach Holtz, played for Coach Holtz, also spent time at South Carolina. Coach Cass, we always catch up with him on Tuesdays if you're new to the show. And uh, we love talking ball with him. As we wind down this uh, Tuesday, uh, Mike St. James will be with us. Old Sparty. Uh, we will recap and review the third to last episode, Elijah, of Better Call Saul. Did you see last night? Are you caught up? Where are you? I'm not caught up, but I did catch parts of last night. Not the entire episode, but uh, I don't think I've mentioned this on the air. I've mentioned it to you, Schmitty, though. Uh, former producer of Hale Varsity Radio, Will Bauer, now with uh, Nebraska Public Media. He moved into my house over the weekend. He needed a, a short-term place to stay, and uh, my house seemed like a good option. So he moved in, and he's a big Better Call Saul fan. So I, I got to catch some of the episode last night in preparation for today, but I'm still not caught up on the show as a whole. Okay. So we, we, will, we will spoil a little bit, but it's not one of those earth-shaking whodunit momentum changing shows it was a good show but it's it's it was one of those setup shows so let's dive in had a chance to spend time with some friends out in in vegas this week uh just on a couple of different shows that's a humble loser brag forgive me (laughs) but i'm just saying yeah and and their take and question mark is that seven and a half number uh handley was talking about the anonymous coaches were were moving into camp season in Northwestern and Nebraska are early because they go first. That's why there's camp to get into. 
when we talk win totals and seven and a half, that, that still has me intrigued. Are you ready? Have you, as a Nebraska fan, made your mind up with the win total? Are you ready to push your chips to the center of the table? You're going four, you're going five, you're going six, you're going seven, eight or more. Or are you still in wait and see mode? Because eventually that garage poster gets filled out. Eventually it's ink, not pencil. And I don't, does it matter who the quarterback is to you? I mean, ask yourself that. Yeah, kind of. I mean, don't you feel better if, if the quarterback has more experience? Theoretically. It's not how it, it went back in 2010. You went with, uh, with Taylor. Turned out okay. Not always, but for the most part. And I'm interested to know with Nebraska if, if there's some key questions. We, we ask about players that are going to be make or break this year. And we, we talked about Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prohaska on the left side. And, man, you can make such an argument about Teddy being the key for this offensive line, Elijah. But let's, let's punt the brakes for a second. How about Bryce Benhart? How about if you get a new and different and better Bryce Benhart at right tackle, uh, your old bro from southeast at, uh, with, with Brock Bando at guard, you get a grizzled vet six years. Think of Tommy Boy. You get a six-year guy in Hickson who started back pre-COVID. And then you get your two studs, your two highest recruits in forever on the left side. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback or running the football. Nebraska could be good if they get competent to good offensive line play. So as much as we want to talk Teddy off of injury, absolutely it's important. Can you get a guy who's played a lot of football for you playing football at a high, high level for you in Benhard to kind of cement that right side. Well, and that's what's really interesting about this offensive line, and there's so many downers out there, and I've been in that camp at times during this offseason. I'm not going to say I'm fully in the optimistic boat either, but you look at the offensive line, and if you want reason to believe that that Donovan Royal is going to be able to turn this offensive line around and turn it into something this season, it's the fact that it's not like he's working with a whole bunch of young, inexperienced guys along this offensive line. Ben Hart has pretty much two full seasons of experience under his belt. Uh, Corcoran has uh, about a season and a half of experience underneath his belt. Bando has been playing in, uh, what is it, 28 games during his, his career? I think zero starts, but I think he's... Uh, near the top 10 in terms of guys in this roster, games played in Bando's up there. Trent Hickson, a sixth-year senior. Is he working on the most games appeared on in Husker history list? Without starting? Just, I'm just saying the guys played in more games than a lot of Nebraska people have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's been here six years. I mean, you factor the COVID in, but it's still true. I mean, it's almost weird to think about the fact that the most unproven offensive lineman, I shouldn't say unproven, inexperienced offensive lineman is Prohaska, who a lot of guys are, are, are penciling in to be the, the best offensive lineman on this team this year. And he's the guy that's got the least Big Ten experience under his belt when you look at the projected starters among the rest of the offensive line. So that, that's reason for optimism, the fact that Ryle is not working with guys that haven't been there. They haven't seen what they're going up against. They know what they're going up against. It's more about fine-tuning and, and tweaking and getting this offensive line into a cohesive unit that plays the way he wants to play and not about uh, trying to get them 
just ready to, to go through the rigors of a Big Ten season. They know what that looks like. Right tackle is, is huge, and defensive tackle opposite Ty Robinson. Who do you pencil in there? That's what I'm curious about. We can talk seven and a half wins. We can talk bowl eligibility. We can talk Ireland. We can get into a lot of different things, but from a specific standpoint, who's playing opposite corner of Newsom? Who's playing opposite Ty Robinson on the interior? <laughs> who's a third or fourth linebacker to spell Rymers and, and Henrich? Who's, who's going to line up with Farmer and can Farmer be the man? And then, yeah, is, is right tackle going to be a question mark or something you feel okay about? And are you going to have to give the right side all sorts of help? Tight end, running back. Because it was, it was a turnstile for both of Nebraska's tackles last year. Too many times you drop back, you're hurried, you're hit, you're sacked. And then bang, there's a turnover. So all some interesting questions. Win, Feast, Polar Bear, Devin Drew. Just to name a few as the candidates are, are a plenty. So depth and options, yes, for Nebraska football. But are they... Are they solidified? No. And it all goes into that bigger picture to the point earlier about Vegas, the desert, and seven and a half wins. Are you a guy that can just look at it, Elijah, and say, all right, we're counting, we're counting. We're Yes, eight and four, or can't do it, six and six, or seven and five, just based on, or are you absolutely, it's not that you're afraid, but you're like, there's so many unknowns going on. Man, that's a bad take to do uh, August 2nd. Well, I used to, to be, throw out a win total. I used total. to be really good at predicting these win totals back during the Bo Pelini years. You had two options, 9, nine and 3 four, or 8 nine, and 2. 9 and 4, 10 and 4. Well, yeah, if, if you're looking at including postseason play, yeah. Yeah, you're looking at, I mean, it's going to be four losses. That's for sure. I know it's <laughs> been five years, but you don't have to just wipe out the possibility of postseason play. <laughs> okay? Oh, I, I forgot what it feels like to, to be playing in December. I'll tell you that much. No, absolutely. But, but like, this year's team, I, I mean, I, I look at it and I go, there is enough talent for them to get over that 7.5 win mark. Pure talent alone. I mean, that's why... You had that quote from the anonymous coach uh, a month ago saying, this is the all-bus team. Because they get off the bus, they look great. Based on the, the recruiting profiles, there's a lot of talent here. I mean, the, the who's who of the college football world has wanted some of the guys on this Nebraska roster. And you're going to be taking them to a, a team in Indiana, which is just trying to get like a four-star recruit every single season. Like, you're going to have the talent advantage on seven to eight games you play this season, if not more. And the question is, can you pull it all together and, and can you make that talent count and get it to eight wins? So, I mean, seven and a half wins. If I'm a betting man, I'm just staying the hell away. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Has anything you've seen in the Nebraska in the past three seasons told you you should bet that one way or the other? Because I think Nebraska, in terms of the, the grander college football world, is the king of you have no idea what's coming this season. Do they, absol- do they actually reach their potential? Mm. Do they actually reach their potential? They do that. They're seven and five. And uh, they're bowling, or they're eight and four. But from a from a spread standpoint, they're favored against Northwestern, twelve and a half. They're going to be favored against North Dakota. They're going to be favored against Georgia Southern. Probably dogged by a field goal or more to to Oklahoma. That one that one score range, yeah, yeah. And you're going to be within seven to nine uh, with Indiana. 
I mean, you're not going to be a double-digit home favorite. The, the only team preseason that's probably going to be a, a double-digit favorite on Nebraska is Michigan. Yeah. The only team I look at on the on the entire schedule where I go, yeah, that's probably going to be a double-digit favorite for Michigan because you're playing at the big house and Michigan's a top-10 team this season. You're going to be dogged probably at home against Minnesota. You're going to be dogged at home against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You're going to be dogged on the road against Iowa. And your your number probably is going to be... We'll say, I'll say ten and a half to Michigan, ten to to thirteen and a half. Mm-hmm. I'll say I was probably favored by six and a half. Okay, three and a half to six and a half. I think Wisconsin's probably a four and a half point favorite. Minnesota probably a three and a half point favorite. These are my odds, and I'm I take the points. Right now, oh, yeah. again, August second, day six of camp. <laughs> <laughs> until you see, yeah, until you absolutely see what what shakes out. I mean, of those four games you listed. For game one. Yeah, I mean, of those four games you just listed, though, I see two of those four in which you think Nebraska's going to be underdog as, as probably being pick games in my eyes. Or at least may, maybe once we get there is um, Minnesota, sure, that they're a solid football team, and P.J. Fleck always has them ready. but They outcoach you. The, the, the talent they have on their roster, though, is nothing nothing spectacular. No, but they just outcoach you and they out, you. And they, a, out, they outwill you. It's the same story with Iowa, too, where Nebraska, theoretically on paper, should out-talent this Iowa football team. Iowa's going to have a great defense this year, but their offense is shaping up to be terrible, to, to put it bluntly. Um, and not terrible that they're going to lose games. And I know Iowa's won all these games the past couple of years, so it's hard for me to, to sit here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and go, well, man, that, that offense is going to be horrible. They're, they're still Division One athletes, but... They're not a, a good off. That's not what the focus of the Iowa football team is. And putting up 14 to 20 points a game in, in today's college football world, just it doesn't going to cut it. <laughs> that That's asking a lot of your defense. Iowa's offense this year, unless the quarterback gets some confidence and they let him turn it loose because he has weapons, he has talent. But it could remind you a lot of the 09 Nebraska offense mm-hmm. where uh, they're, they're good for one score to two scores a game and – Ten's all you get. Your de- your defense better be right around that nine to ten scoring defense number. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. And on paper, their defense looks like it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it should. Secondary, a lot of lot of people to choose from to bring it back to Nebraska. Before we talk with Mitch Sherman, Omar Brown, he is uh, a talented ball player in the secondary. Uh, you have Buford. Both those guys are safety options. Uh, next to Farmer. Farmer's got to keep doing his thing. Singleton, I know, is is super talented. And then you have Braxton Clark, Gifford, and Wright. I love that combo potential for Nebraska at the uh, the nickel spot. And then uh, you have uh, Tommy Hill. I mean, what's what's he do oppo corner to, uh, to solidify? I think the talent and the respect of said talent is there by Coach Fisher. He's called him a freak multiple times. But is the trust there? Is the, the mental side there to to be locked in all the time and not be distracted? I mean, the the, the, the reports out of camp on Tommy Hill are the, the fact that he just needs to pick up the defense. Athletically, he's all there. He's, he's got that ready to go. He's got to pick up the defense and what he needs to do. Further back, are you prepared to, to pencil in Marquise Buford as a starter? The, the reports out of fall camp and even spring and summer ball on Marquise Buford have been... Uh, phenomenal uh, to say the least and it almost sounds like 
he's a guy where someone's gonna have to come rip that starting job away from him. It's 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 in pencil, not pen, but pencil for me. No, I think the thing that's amazing about Buford is you want to put him in the slot against somebody. Let's go. Because that is that is your your ultimate X factor and mismatch typically. Who are you trying to D up and who you gotta use in the slot uh, a lot of times. But great to be with you on a Tuesday at Tale Varsity Radio. Uh, we are gearing up for Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. We'll take your emails. can send those to us. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Your money or your buddy's money. Are, are you putting it on the middle of the table? And that seven and a half win total out of Vegas. You going up or you going down or you going right on? Or you like Elijah. I'm running and hiding from that temptation. The hook is very real, but plenty to chew on. And uh, Mitch Sherman will join us. Hail Varsity, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Before it's too late. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo. We welcome in with the athletic. Mitch Sherman joins us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, thanks for the time. How are you? I am good on this Tuesday. How are you, Chris? Good, man. You didn't have to mow today, did you? No, I, I, uh, my lawn stopped growing for some reason. It might have to do with the uh, uh, 115 degree weather, but uh, no. So I, I, I'm trying to walk that fine balance between it not dying, but uh, also not growing. Because if it's growing, that probably means I'm watering it way too much so we're we're doing all right i'm uh, i'm not planning to mow uh today probably tomorrow maybe we get closer to the weekend and we'll see so you I mean you're riding that fine line of like yeah i want the neighbors to look at my lawn and still think it looks good but i don't want to put in so much work that i'm out in the heat all the time trying to make it look good it's, it's that fine line i mean there's not a whole lot of hope honestly right now elijah at this point like you can try to put in the work and it's probably not going to pay off unless we get you know, a big, a big rainstorm. And, and even then with this heat during the day, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a thankless, if you're out there tending to it, it's, it's, um, I, I think it's pretty much a thankless job at this point. Mitch Sherman, just to be clear, we are talking about his yard. Uh, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. What, what else? What yes. else could it be? Yeah. <laughs> yard work and yard appearance, curb appeal. Mitch, you were on hand for the open part of practice and there for, uh, for post-game, uh, keeping with the curb appeal theme, what did you like in the 30-minute window you got to watch? Um, you know, lots of big, fast guys moving around, which is basically the way it is every year when we get that sneak peek at, at the team in August. Uh, it's been a year since we've been inside for one of those things, so it was good 
just to get in and see, um, you know, the new coaches uh, at work, which is not something that we had the opportunity to do in the spring. And then, of course, all of those new pieces, uh, the new the new players, the transfers, the fre- all of the freshmen who were out there. And, you know, and with, with very few exceptions, um, which is a, a big positive for Nebraska right now in the early stages of camp, with very few exceptions, everybody was, was practicing. They were where they were supposed to be. They looked like what you thought they were supposed to look like when the news came that, hey, player X, player Y is joining the program. You know, sometimes um, in certainly in recruiting, but, but, you know, also now in this, in this transfer portal age, you don't always know what you're going to get as a, as a football program until those guys show up and, and not just show up, but show up and start working out. And, you know, I thought from my walking around for those 30 minutes that the guys who were, were supposed to look good and be in the, in the places that, that, uh, you know, you expected them to contribute that that was all happening on you know on Monday morning. Mitch, what uh, do you make of what you saw from the quarterbacks? Not asking for an overreaction, but just asking for you know a, a quick knee jerk. I mean, does does Nebraska's quarterback room and options look competitive? Look pretty good for this season. Okay, well, knee jerk would be that. The two guys who came in in the in the off season, uh, the two transfers are 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 running the show, and that I, I guess and also a knee jerk, and this is this is like probably overreactive, would be that if you're Logan Smothers and you ended the season last year against Iowa as the starter and the number one guy, you know I think you're you're wondering about your future, and and, I, and, and there's been, and I know we've we've talked about that through we talked about it through December. And into the early portions of this year, you know, what was going to become of, of Logan Smothers? Is he going to stick this thing out? And to his credit, you know, he made comments in the spring about being loyal. And, and you know, I, I, I walked out, um, you know, one of my thoughts on Monday after I watched the quarterback was like, okay, you know, at, at what point, um, you know, does it become, uh, you know, does it become fighting against the, the, the current? Um, it seems to be going against him right now, and not really because of anything that he's done, but I, I think with the changes that have been made, and, and I'm talking about on the on the coaching staff and the style of offense that Nebraska is going to run, um, it is Chubba Purdy um, and and Casey Thompson, and not not necessarily in that order, but those are the two guys that are are going to get the looks and get the reps with the the top players on this offense as. Uh, preseason camp goes along and we get closer to Nebraska's departure for Ireland. So where does that leave the, not just Logan, but Heinrich Harburg, where does it leave Richard Torres and, and Matt Masker and all the guys who are at that position right now competing for time? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that, that struck me, Mitch, just like, holy cow, is that nine quarterbacks going through the drills? And I guess I, I don't know how they're going to be structuring their practices here moving hmm. forward, but I, I mean, are, are you worried about the fact that just with nine quarterbacks, that's a lot of attention to go around from, a, say, a, a Mark Whipple trying to, to run the show, trying to, to, to coach up their uh, quarterbacks into running his offense? Yeah, there's a lot of guys. I think it's six on the 110. But there, you know, there are 110 guys who are allowed to be in preseason camp. And, you know, there are a couple of walk-ons at the back end of, of uh, Nebraska's roster um, I know you, you know you, you have the kid from from Kansas City, Mikey Pauly. Um, I'm I don't believe that he's part of the 110. Um, and you know if if uh, 
if he is, he wasn't out with the six guys who were doing work uh, on Monday morning. So I, I counted six green jerseys. So that would be Thompson, Purdy, Smothers, Harburg, Torres, and Masker uh, there with, with Mark Whipple. And, 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 and then, you know, the other notable part about those quarterbacks and what they were doing is, is that Scott Frost was not with them. You know, Frost was over on the sidelines at times. He was with the tight ends. I saw him taking a look at some special team stuff, you know, even, even went over to the defense. And, and that was just um, right there at the beginning. I, I think he still spends the majority of his time kind of around the offense, but he's not there on top of the quarterbacks um, and working with them directly like we saw even when Nebraska had Mario Verduzco and Matt Lubeck um, as the, the offensive brain trust alongside Frost for the last couple of years. Mitch Sherman's with us. Few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter with the Athletic. So let's walk down this quarterback road, and we know about Casey's experience. We know the numbers he put up at Texas. What do you think keeps him from from securing the job? If you were to to speculate, what 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 opens that door, and how does a guy like Chuba charge through it? What how do, how does he flip the the, the assumption? Well, I think only if he got hurt. Um, I, I don't really think there's a lot that can happen with Chuba or Logan or somebody else showing a ton in practice. I think Mark Whipple is 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 really hyper focused in on what Casey Thompson can give Nebraska because of his experience. And we heard that at the outset of spring, back at the end of February, where you know Whipple let it let it slip that you know Casey was the number one guy and, and really it wasn't even that much of it wasn't that difficult of a decision because he had experience in in starting you know multiple games that other guys in the program just don't have you know Purdy has started one game um, as a power five quarterback against NC State when he was at Florida State a couple years ago and, and Smothers has started one game against Iowa last year when he played well for three quarters uh, in that in that uh, Hawkeyes uh, comeback victory but, but Casey has a big edge. And then as the spring went on, um, you know, you heard not necessarily that talk. It, it wasn't walked back by Whipple, but, yeah, I think he, he slowed, slowed his burn a little bit. Um, well, he came out hot again on Monday and his first chance to talk to the media, really singing the praises of Casey Thompson and how he is ahead of, of the others. So I don't really think there's much of anything that can happen on the field as far as one of those – um, guys in the backup positions now who step up and, and, and show something that um, you know makes Mark Whipple need to start uh, that guy in the season opener. He's going to start Casey Thompson if Casey Thompson is, is healthy. So that's about it. That's about it. If he has um, you know an issue with the thumb, um, if if something else crops up where he's not able to do the things physically that are asked of the Nebraska quarterback, then yeah, absolutely, they're going to go look at Chuba and look at Logan, but. Um, otherwise, it's you know it, it's it's his job, and I think it's going to stay that way. Mitch Sherman's with us here from the Athletic, and Mitch, one of the things with this quarterback battle that's kind of intriguing to me is the leadership aspect because I don't look at the offense and see a guy who's a, a de facto leader like Nebraska's had the past couple seasons with Adrian Martinez, or even defensively they had that leader in Garrett Nelson or even Ty Robinson. And I'm not sure I, I see 
uh, at least from an outside perspective, a, a leader really bubbling to the surface here early in fall camp mm. from that offense as a whole. And uh, assuming Casey is the starter, is that something that, that is going to be on his plate over the next couple of weeks trying to build up that rapport? Are there any other guys that have been with the program that you think are, are going to step up and fill that leadership role? Yeah, you know, Casey's been working on that from the beginning. You know, it's it's um, I think it's something that comes natural with his personality, to, and, and that's good for Nebraska. That's fortunate for Nebraska, not only that it found – somebody who, who they felt fit their system physically and athletically, but also that he brings the kind of personality where he can be a leader. But, you know, certainly he doesn't step in to the role that Adrian Martinez vacated uh, last season. You know, they're different personalities, and I don't know that Casey Thompson, even when he's, uh, you know, even if he had been with Nebraska for a number of years, would give you all of the same leadership qualities that Martinez had. They're just, they're, they're, they're different, and they're going to lead in different ways. I think in a lot of ways, um, Martinez, Martinez is, is just exemplary as a leader. You're not, you're not, that's one thing. You're just not going to find um, someone who, as far as just the straight leadership qualities, is much better than what Adrian um, has given Nebraska for four years. So Casey can be a great leader, but he's, I don't think he's going to fill those shoes. And, and he, you know, he, he will um, continue to improve in that area. He will, um, I think, continue to, to look for ways to lead and, and and to branch out away from the practice field um, as Nebraska gets closer to the opener, find ways to, to connect and gel with the guys on the offensive side um, and team-wide. And then they're going to have to look other places. I think Travis Vokalek, um, as a sixth-year senior, uh, is somebody who brings a lot of leadership. Um, I think Brock Bando, another older guy on the offense, you know, stepping into a, potentially a role as the starting right guard, can bring leadership. Same thing with Trent Hickson at the center spot. Um, Turner Corcoran. Uh, despite being in the program for just two years before this season, um, is a vocal, natural kind of kind of leader. Um, I'd also look at at somebody like Ramir Johnson, um, who's been around and is is more of a quiet guy. But but watching him and the way that he worked at the front of the line with the running backs on Monday, um, I you know, I got a sense that he's really respected, and you know he can lead in ways that are different from what you might see from. Um, you know, Turner Corcoran or, or Gary Nelson or somebody like that. Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, we'll run into you soon, bud. Thanks for spending some time with us today on Hale Varsity. All right. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. All right. There he is, Mitch Sherman. Follow him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. We'll uh, take a tour around the sports world, some MLB thoughts, some NFL. Rick Kaczynski, Kaz, going to be with us. In about 20 minutes, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Numbers to get in. Open phones here for 20 minutes or so if you want to join us. Introduce yourself, chime in, welcome to do it, 466-37-76800-825-5865. 
800-825-5865. You're talking seven and a half. That's the number in Vegas that's been around for a while. Has that grown on you or have you run from it as we get through camp? Good stuff from Bill Conley, ESPN. And again, Nebraska, because they're so wild. Last year was so wild. It's been a long time since Nebraska's done on paper what some of the experts thought they should do on paper. And 2021, some teams that are likely to sustain gains, right? And and last year can set you up for a follow-through season the current year. Or you could have peaked, hit the ceiling, and then it's back to rebuild mode re- Rebuild mode in college football. Think about these teams following COVID and a whopping 20 teams took huge steps in 2021. UTEP, almost 20 points a game. Utah State, almost 16 and a half points a game. Syracuse, 13. Tennessee, 13. Almost two touchdowns a game from 20, the COVID year, to 2021 for NC State. That's uh, Tim Beck and Mr. Garrison. Wake Forest, 12 a contest. Florida State was 10 points better. Sparty was 10 points better. Pittsburgh, we rave about 41 a game from uh, the Whipple. They're still scoring 30. So, A, I ask, if if things hit, we were talking with Mitch about quarterback and O-line play. If things hit, Nebraska a year from now is on this list, Elijah. A year from now, Nebraska's on this list where, sweet Lord, they're going from scoring 27 a game to, what's 10 more points do for you? Well, and, and you're, th- you're nine and three. You're ten and two. Think about with last year's offense, how much easier it would have been just to get ten points a game if you have a, a kicker and a, a competent red zone offense. You're turning a, a field goal into a <laughs> touchdown, so you're adding four points and, there, and you're making one of the field goals. Well, yes, yeah, so you, you're adding four points if you can turn a field goal into a touchdown. Yeah, if you can just knock home a field goal, you're now up seven points, and then add another touchdown or a field goal and you're up to 10. I mean, seven points is is pretty reasonable to ask to add to last year's total. And obviously things have changed offensively, but just with last year's team, plus seven points to get them to 35 points a game would have been easy if you just had a, a competent kicker and some, some more confidence or some better play calling in the red zone. Well, the trend is this. Eight or nine of these teams could improve further. Four will take another huge leap. And there are some teams that that are likely to do so. What it really equates to, and I can put this in Husker perspective historically for you, it's that jump from, we'll call 1992, where you go 9-3, and you play Florida State better, you somehow lost to Iowa State, still don't know how. Merv Seiler and The Exorcist. You go from that 92 season where you you lit up really good teams and then 93 happened and, well, look at this Cinderella Nebraska. Well, they were right there, right? 10-2 and two good, finished 9-3. and three. They go undefeated and then lose 
uh, Florida State, and then you have your championship. Mm-hmm. And and I think that some of these teams that the Conley's highlighted with their point production, about four of them, about a fifth of them, will take a jump to greater. And then we're talking New Year's Day. NC State, good bowl record, good record, I should say, but not a not a not a threat to win an ACC championship. You know why? They got to beat Clemson. Okay, you got to beat a mad Clemson. You got to do it consecutively. So the projection for NC State's nine and three. Tennessee jumped from three and seven to seven and six to nine and three is the projection this year for Tennessee. Fresno State, the uh, fighting uh, Kalen DeBoers, mm. who used to coach at Augustana. Okay. Great football program out of Sioux Falls. Kalen was head coach for 100 years when they'd come down and drop 50 on Nebraska Westland. Some of us did TV games for when Kalen DeBoer was roaming the sidelines over there on uh, North 48th or North 56th Street in Lincoln. But they say Fresno is going to go 10-2. and two. Florida State, they expect to jump to eight and four. Bowling Green, don't care. Syracuse, six and six, don't care. K State, they say takes a step back, seven and five instead of eight and five. And stumble teams or rebound. And see, we're trying to categorize Nebraska for twenty twenty two. They were were they a stumble team last year? They weren't a rebound team. But you go from five and seven to three and nine, that's a fall. That's more than a stumble. That's me walking out of the bar at 2 a.m. <laughs> saying Timber. So I don't know. We can label Nebraska whatever. But what's interesting <laughs> Let's about. Let's pray Nebraska is not a sustain program. Let's, let's pray they don't sustain three and nine. I mean, but what's interesting, though, about the, the modern college football is. And I remember from my childhood, and I'm sure you probably remember better than me, is if you had a bad season, you had some good players coming through the pipeline. You did have that rebuild season where, where things started getting a little bit better. You started seeing some signs for the, the future, and you went, okay, they got a team full of a lot of sophomores, some, some redshirt sophomores, some juniors. Like They're going to have more years in the program, and you could forecast a better season the year after. And that's just not how college football works anymore, where if you're bad and you had a, a great sophomore who was, I mean, rushed for 1,400 yards, let's say, He's gone. He's off to the transfer portal. He's going to find somewhere he's going to win. And you got to come in and rebuild with transfer portal guys. And Michigan State kind of proved it last season that you don't need to build up to success. You can find success immediately and, and just where college football is nowadays. Michigan State was strategic. Mm-hmm. And, and they were uh, ahead of the curve with it. And they profiled exceptionally well. Can you profile the portal as well as you've been able to develop and profile the high school ranks for recruiting? The, the, the interesting word you said when it comes to rebuild. No Nebraska coach ever gets to rebuild. Scott Frost is the first coach to get the full reset rebuild following the Riley era. Okay? You don't, you, if you don't come in and win, you're out. And even if you win nine or ten ball games, you've been out. Frost is the first guy to get time, and now he's going into year five. And that that rubbed some wrong. Uh, some are saying, be patient, be patient. That's kind of the theme, and it, it all comes to a head. What do you produce in year five? But he's had the opportunity. He's had that longer runway. 
but you're you're getting towards the end of this runway, but it's a new uh, new flight crew, which is not always the case. We'll wind down hour one. Rick Kaczynski is about 15 minutes away. Uh, a better call Saul recap. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, dear friend of ours, Johnny Clare is celebrating. He's a big old Padres fan. Play your Ron Burgundy clip now. If you're a Washington Nationals fan, don't really play it. But Padres getting Juan Soto and Josh Bell. The Nationals getting Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel, C.J. Abrams, James Wood, Jarlin Sosna, and Luke Voigt in the Haas. Haas is going to Boston, which is cool. Haas was great in Kansas City. He got paid to go to San Diego. And now he's going to Beantown. And uh, not only it reminds me of that old that Moneyball scene where here's what the Padres think of you. They're, they're shifting him off to, to Boston, and they're paying most of his salary to do it. David, do we understand each other? Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> David Justice is in the cage, his hat's backward, and David Justice is swinging away because he's special. I love David Justice growing up, man. With the Braves, man, he was fun. And then you learn a little more about David Justice. (laughs) You're like, yeah, David was probably not nice to certain people in his life, putting it mildly. Then you see him in Moneyball in 02. Brad Pitt going, yeah, I'm going to squeeze the last little bit of baseball out of you. The Yankees hate you. They hate you so much, they're paying half. We're Oakland. We don't pay anybody. We charge you for soda (laughs) and milk. Hey, why is it a dollar for Pepsi? Welcome to Oakland. And you know this. You know whoever's in the Oakland front office, you know whoever's scouting for Oakland is going to find some next wave of phenoms because people back in the day would always get their studs from the Royals or they'd get them from Oakland. And there was a tiny, teeny little window where they had McGuire and Conseco and Ricky Henderson. And then you fast forward, and you got the Giambi era. And what happens? All the big market teams take from Oakland, period. They had a good team about three years ago. Same thing happened. They had a great team three years ago. So those scouts just must love where they work and who they work for. Because if you're an Oakland A's fan, man, your heart's broke because it's just Let's hurry up and wait for someone to become an MVP so they can sign somewhere else next year. I'll just say before we get out of here this segment, I think I'm ready to anoint Moneyball as my favorite baseball movie ever. Ever, ever? I know you you make a strong argument for for Major League. Yeah. Um, I like The Rookie. That's a good one, too. But like in terms what? of just the, the one with like the kid who comes oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 from Chicago. Yeah, right? where he uh, breaks Pitcher's his arm. has got a big butt. Yeah. He breaks his arm and he can throw 100 after that. That's just a, a cute one. But I think Moneyball is my top. I love Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. As much as I like uh, Costner in Yellowstone, I, I've tried to erase for the love of the game mm-hmm. from my memory. It's but, false advertising. 
with the late, great Kelly Preston based on what she did in uh, Jerry Maguire and what wasn't done in For the Love of the Game. Mm-hmm. Quick reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. And uh, that message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Rick Kaczynski, Coach Kaz, on the way. Hail Varsity Hour 2 presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski, longtime assistant with Nebraska and Iowa. Of course, a great ball player at Notre Dame. Kaz, what are you doing? How are you? Hey, brother. How are you, man? I'm just uh, driving back from Myrtle Beach, heading, heading back to uh, Columbia, man. Well, we, uh, we're just... Getting ready for, well, the countdown, Kaz, is what's on. 24 days for Ireland. Uh, I uh, 22 days for me uh, till, till Ireland. And uh, I've got uh, a couple of transplant Nebraska fans that they came to a, a Nebraska game when, when you guys were here. Absolutely loved it. And they are thrilled as all get out that Nebraska is coming to their home country. Yeah, that'll be great. But you just gotta when you get there, you gotta start a little bit earlier. Those pubs don't stay up and quite as late as they do in the states. So if you're gonna get greased up there, Schmidt. You gotta you gotta start a little earlier than you normally do. Wow. So let me ask you this, Kaz. <laughs> How early do you think I get started? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> do you ever do you ever end Man, that's right <laughs> do i stop yeah. right that's that's so loving there rick kaczynski's with us um, yeah. yeah coach uh i, I want to get your take here and and there's there's been a problem with nebraska and they'd be the first to tell you about it when it comes to to red zone and i wanted your uh your insight to it you you worked on red zones everywhere you've been be it notre dame south carolina Iowa and in of course Nebraska and what what makes a good red zone offense in your opinion aside from the obvious getting points what are some of the the intricacies uh, you think is are necessary for a, for a good red zone what's going to make you pretty proficient in that area well you know you got to stay you got to stay committed to running the football because you know, you get down there and your field your field shrinks, 
And, um, you know, people play specific defenses inside the red zone, you know, inside the 20, inside the 15, you know, Iowa, what they call their hokey defense. People, people haven't figured it out. I mean, it's, I mean, Phil Parker couldn't, you know, probably his clinic half the division one power five teams on it. And, you know, he ain't going to give them everything. Um, <laughs> so you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look out what you got, what they're giving you. And you, you can't be afraid to run the football. People think that, you know, I hear this, oh, they're load the ball, load the box. Cause you know, so we got to throw the ball. That That's, that not, that's not, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, to me, when, when people load the box, especially in the red zone, you know, stay committed to the run because, you know, you're, you're at, it's a single failure defense down there. A lot of times uh, somebody has got to make a play. Um, but, um, you know, to be honest with you, Schmitty, you know, is each, each place is a little bit different. Each, uh, each, each offense is a little bit, is a little bit different. It sounds like coach speak, but, you know, people say, you know, take what they give you. I don't think that's the case. I think when you get down there, you're down there. You already have the defense on their heels. You know, you dictate the tempo. You dictate what you want to run. Um, you know, you dictate the formations you want to And I think what happens a lot of time is people get down there. They're afraid to make a, make a mistake. They're afraid to get a, a lost yardage play and get kicked out of field goal range. You start, you know, coaches are great at talking themselves uh, into seeing ghosts. Mm. So I, I think the teams that have the most success in the red zone, they just do what they do, and they have confidence in doing that and, and understand, hey, you, you dictate to the defense, not the other way around. You're down there. They're on their heels. And once you get inside a, a, a certain yard line, man, it's it's really a guessing game on defense. All the all the places I coach defense, once you get inside a certain area, man, you're just you're really rolling the dice. Guys got to make plays, um, but you know it, it becomes a chess match uh, guessing game. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio, a Tuesday with Kaz. Kaz, that's uh, well put. If you were running an offense, would you? have a a mobile quarterback package ready or would you want a mobile quarterback i ask that because i think of the years nebraska had tommy and and taylor inside the red zone but you also had rex and amir and roy so i mean that was a money one-two punch on top of a really good offensive line i don't know if nebraska uh, is completely going away from the mobile quarterback element I'm just guessing that it, it's not going to be as prevalent based on what Whipple's done at Pitt uh, and some of the, the body types or, or styles, you know, of quarterback Nebraska's got on the roster. But would you want a mobile quarterback in the red zone? Uh, you know, once, once again, I think it, it, it's not necessarily the type of quarterback you, you have. It's, gotcha. it's what you do with, with, with the guy who's under center or, or – or in the gun, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's still going to take uh, all all eleven guys. So it takes you know it, even even more focus. Um, you know, that stuff's easy said to done. Like I said, more 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 coach speak. But <laughs> the, you know, there's got to be a mentality that yeah. you're you're scoring touchdowns. That field goals field goals aren't field goals aren't okay. But 
you know, just like it, it really once you get down there, um, you know, a mobile quarterback, it, it's no different than having a mobile quarterback in, in the field. You know, if you put a guy in or you have a motor uh, mobile quarterback, you know, people, the coordinators, they're, they're preparing for that. So, you know, they have, they, they have ways to defend um, mobile quarterbacks. They have, they have ways to, uh, you know, they have, they have ways to take, to take things away from, um, you know, from, from people. So I, I really don't think it matters a whole lot about, you know, what type of guy you have. It's, mm-hmm. it's what you're doing with the guys and, and what you're doing personnel. And like I said, it goes back to the mentality of, you know, you dictating, you know, you better dictate to the defense. You know, they got the problem. They're down there. Their back's against the wall. So, you know, what got you down there? Do, do what you do. So, you know, I, I think where, where you do see some mistakes a lot of times is where coaches get down there and they, get, they do get away from their, their offense. You know, they'll get into some options. They'll get into some things. They'll get into the gun if they're a downhill running team. And that's not what they do. They feel like they got to change because now all of a sudden they're down there. Just do what you do and, you know, keep running what, what got you down there and, and understand the defense got the problem. I've been on both sides, man, and, and you know, defensively, it's, it's man, it's a crapshoot a lot of times, man. You're just, you're just calling, and hopefully, hopefully you called something right and they miss a block and there's a guy in the hole. What team was the, the toughest to defend in the red zone, uh, or what team did you kind of have uh, begrudging – well, I don't want to say uh, acknowledgement, but but what to, I guess respect. What team did you respect in, in, with, with your time in the Big Ten uh, that did their work in the red zone, either at Iowa or Nebraska? Yeah, uh, I think you know Northwestern does a they do a really good job. Um, they they used a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection, and what they would do is they would they would get you to move uh, and adjust, and then know exactly where you are. And then um, go after go after some weak spots. They they did a really good job with their uh, play action down there, and you know slant slant flat, where you know they're they're picking guys without picking. You know it's kind of like they're making you go. They're making the defenders go off. Uh, you know go over top, and they did a really good job of creating space in um, in small quarters. In, in, in the passing game, so you know they gave you they gave you problems. Um, obviously, Wisconsin gives you problems just because you, you know what they're going to do, but they just kind of just line up and mash you, and and that's 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 their offense. That's what they love. They get under center, they hand off, and as you know, um, you know since the beginning of time, or since Coach Alvarez was there, they always had a big, great running back that runs with high knees and, and gets downhill and, and moves the pile forward. So, you know, those are, those are two teams that um, I thought uh, really did a good job in, during my time in the, in the Big Ten. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, the, the number for Nebraska in Vegas over under at 7.5. A, A, did you guys ever pay attention to Vegas – what the the win projections were for the regular season? B. What do you think is seven and a half? <laughs> uh, no, nah, we never paid attention to. Um, you, you, we never paid attention to that. Um, 
just because one, you know, you're you're around these guys so much. I mean, you're around them pretty much 365 days a year. It seems like you know you're in meetings with them, you're in practice with them. You know, there's there's guys that you know surprise you. There's guys that develop um, you know over the summer and during fall camp. You always have a couple surprises. So really, the people who know the most about the team. They're they're not the ones making any predictions. You're just trying to get your guys ready for that opener. So um, you know, I think during the season, during the season, you would look at the lines uh, if they moved. You know, then you try to do some research. Like, oh man, we're going on the road. How did how'd the line move? How'd the line go from you know five and a half to you know to the seven you know did they get did they get somebody hurt or something like that so th- those are the only times you, you looked at that stuff uh you don't pay a whole lot of attention you, you're, you're so focused on your group and your team that you don't get caught up in a whole lot of that but but i think the, the one thing that amazed us coaches is a lot of times is vegas is right you know it, it, it's easy you know and a lot of the things are obvious uh, but you know, there's some things that they're right on that that would surprise us at times. The the under the over under the the point total the the spread is is nuts. I mean, they hit it. They know it. They hit it. Yeah. And they kill it in the NFL. They kill it in college. I mean, they are they're building casinos for a reason, yeah. Kaz. Yeah. There's no poor car dealers, and there's no poor uh, casino owners. That's for sure. And um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, that's a safe number. You know, you got seven and a half. That's, yeah, I think that's a safe number. I think you look at the early, the early uh, part of the season. And I think if, if you beat Northwestern, which it's going to be a, a tougher game than, than people think. Uh, I know Northwestern is not getting a whole lot of credit. They lost some guys to the transfer portal. They, they weren't very good last year. Um, rarely is, Rarely is Pat uh, down two years in a row, and they'll have some surprises too. So, but I think, I think for all the Big Ten teams, you know, uh, the the opener is going to be critical. And you know, I know it's only one game, but for a team like Nebraska, um, you know, go over Island, win, be one and zero in the Big Ten. I, I think you're, you'll 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 be over that um, that seven and a half. I think if you can get that North. That's just my take. Without, and, and you know, I'm a gosh, Mitty. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a casual observer. I don't I don't study rosters. I don't you know. I just kind of go off of you know what I've seen on TV, which is really hard to watch when when you're a coach. It's hard to it's hard to, to see details and what mm-hmm. people have and all that. But I think that Northwestern game is going to be a little bit tougher. And I think you want a tough game because I think you're going to find out early. And I think Nebraska is a team that just, they have to find out about themselves early, especially with the new quarterback and a lot of these new transfer guys, you know, coming to, to get that, to get that W, um, be one and own the big 10. You know, I, I, I think you'll get to your eight, nine wins easily. Rick Kaczynski with his sale of city radio a Tuesday with Kaz. We'll spend a few more minutes with Kaz on the other side up against a hard break here, but a reminder, uh, a couple of things that are happening. One, the Hale Varsity podcast. You can subscribe to us, give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. 
uh, we'll take uh, the feedback and uh, do so. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play is where you find Hale Varsity Radio and also HaleVarsity.com. Two, how about the Hale Varsity Club? I know we were there yesterday in La Vista. I know we're there this Friday to kick off the, the week in Omaha. But put down August 23rd. I know you're counting down till I leave for Ireland. <laughs> you and my wife are both like, when's <laughs> he getting out of here? But August 23rd at the Hale Varsity Club, a special screening of the Nebraska documentary Day by Day. Oh. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Like, I didn't get downtown to see it in Lincoln. I didn't get to uh, the, the different part of Omaha. It was in a few weeks back. Just couldn't. Too much baseball to get to. Wasn't going to spend the gas money to drive out to North Platte when it was out there? I <laughs> Beautiful country, could have. Oh, yeah, but the, the gas money was crazy. No, so the point is, is if you, if you haven't seen Day by Day, part one, the documentary, get logged on, HaleVarsityClub.com, reserve your seat, August 23rd. Make it happen. I can't, that's going to be great. I actually might be there. Y- yes, you will. Little roadie. That'll be fun. More with Coach Rick Kaczynski. Mike St. James, Better Call Saul on the way. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Rick Kaczynski is with us. Hail Varsity Radio, a Tuesday with Kaz. Of course, Kaz with Nebraska and Iowa. We love sitting down with Kaz on Tuesdays. You nailed it, and you're going to find out a ton about yourself. But, Kaz, the, the, the kids are now into to fall camp. They've spent spring with some new faces and some new names. When you took over that room in Lincoln, what, what were you able to, to provide the kids and Iowa as well uh, during those tight ball games? Because that's something I'm fascinated by. I'm fascinated by Nebraska's response to close games in the Big Ten because it's not gone the, the way Nebraska has wanted it to, but you have some new voices, and can that make a difference? Yeah, well, I, I don't know about new voice. I, obviously, you can't, put a, you can't simulate uh, uh, experience, right? Right, right? So you got some older guys that have been in those situations. And, you know, we've all been in it. You would just keep playing once, you know, as a player, as a coach. When you're in this long enough, man, you see you see just about everything. So you just keep plugging away. That's why they put time on the clock. There's always more time. You know, so it's just it's just talking to those guys. And believe it or not, when when things aren't going for you, it, it's going well for you, that's when you almost play a little bit looser, man. Like, oh, what the hell we got? Go, just go play. But I think, you know, as coaches, you don't you don't panic. 
You don't change anything. You don't change your personnel un, un, unless it's, you know, somebody at a skill position that you absolutely can't can't win with, right? If a quarterback throws four picks and a half, man, you gotta gotta give a guy a different look. But you know, I, I, don't go switching D line out. Don't go switching offensive line. You keep those guys in there. You tell them to keep plugging, and you just talked about. You just keep talking about doing what what they're doing. You know the. Just, just playing one snap at a time, and then next thing you know, man, you're just making those short goals. All right, let's get that ball back. Let's get a three and out. Let's make them punt. Hey, if you let them get a first, they don't get two first downs on this drive. And and then you just kind of see that 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 sideline come alive. But the most important thing is, is is getting a win when you when you come back because it's it's you know psychologically it works both ways. And I think that's what's happened in Nebraska. And what Coach Frost has talked about, you know, they're in every game. They just need that one little break. But, you know, you got to make your breaks. Both teams are going to – both teams get lucky during the game. Both teams have the ball bounce for them and against them. It's how you, how you handle that. And I think Nebraska's one, one win a game – one win away in one of those close games to really start believing and then understanding, okay, it's going to be tight in the Big Ten. This is what we can't do, and then this is what we do. We just keep we just keep doing what we do. No self-inflicted wounds, and I think you get that one win, and I think I think Nebraska is going to turn going to turn that corner. I mean, it's when you get in the conference play, you're expecting every game, you're expecting every game to be tough, and no matter how much pressure that you put on your guys during the week, it goes back to you know you can't be nice to your guys. You got to freaking put them in tough situations you got to be demanding you can't accept mistakes and if they make mistakes you you either eliminate that play you eliminate that defense or you eliminate that player um you know before you get to game day but you know i i really think that those guys when they have that experience and they're in those situations that's that's when you come over that hump, and then when you when you come in that locker room and you get that victory in a close game because you were expecting it to be a close game. It's no different what you do in the fourth quarter is no different than you do in the first quarter. You got to execute, and you can't self-inflict wounds on yourself. So, I think, like I said, Schmitty, man, I expect a tough game in Ireland. It's a road trip. It's a business trip. It's not a tourist trip. It's a conference game right off the bat. Um, and I think Nebraska, they get that win, and I think that's going to catapult them for the for the season. It's Rick Kaczynski with his Hale Varsity Radio on Tuesday with Kaz. So, Kaz, before we go, we got to go uh, off the off the board and get away from football for for a moment here. I need your Mount Rushmore of bands. Oh, of bands? Yeah. Oh man, that'll. Man, that'll 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 change for me, you know, a lot. Um, but you know, Seasonal? obviously, dead. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I like a lot of dead. Um, like, you know, obviously, you know, Zeppelin. Um, but you know, like bring the old, the early blues. You know, bring it on home. Mm-hmm. Um, that type. Of, but you know, oh gosh. Um, Man, I, I'm I'm a I'm a huge I'm a huge music huge music guy. I love traffic. Okay. You know, I kind of got uh, 
eclectic taste. You know, I, I, I listen to probably a lot of things people don't don't listen to, but uh, you know, you, you talk. I like from Buddy Guy to Howlin' Wolf to Temptations to Black oh, Black Sabbath. You okay. kidding me? I mean. Yeah, Ozzy Sabbath, not Dio Sabbath. I don't right. even count that as Sabbath, but <laughs> yeah, that's some um, that's some that's some great great cuts. Uh, but, uh, you know that that'll change. You know, give me five, I'd have to. If you asked me today for five, my five by Friday would would absolutely trend, would change. So well, let's. But yeah, those those staples, man. All you right. know. All right. Any any band you haven't seen that you want to see? Well, there's some individual, you know, I hadn't, I've never seen Steve Winwood, you know, um, like, oh, Black Crows, man. Um, Good baseball keeps screwing me up on this. I got, had tickets and then they canceled during COVID and then uh, had two baseball tournaments, had tickets at two different spots last year, ended up having to sell them for, for baseball. But, you know, I like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of the Crows, man, you know, before, I, you know, before Eddie Vedder got psychotic with uh, with uh, politics, you know, it was Big Pearl Jam, you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden, you know, that era, Meat Puppets. Yeah, oh yeah. You name it, man. You know, but I could I can listen to Meat Puppets and then have Howlin' Wolf on the next cut, and then Bare Naked Ladies, and and then <laughs> you know, and then uh, War Pigs. So you know you're you're gonna get the whole you're gonna get the whole whole gamut. Yay or, yay or nay on the Pixies, dude. I, I don't even know what they sing, but I got a feeling I would be a Pixies fan. You would or wouldn't? Probably wouldn't. They were a big influence on Nirvana, so I think you might be. Okay, I'll all s- right. I'll send yeah, you man. some. I'll send you some. Okay, all right, man. I'll I'll check it out. I will check it out, brother. Rick Kaczynski with us. Coach, uh, we'll get caught up again. Thanks for the time, as always, brother. Appreciate you having me on, man. Best of luck in uh, Omaha, man. Great, like I said, man, great great sports town. Lincoln, Omaha, great towns. Former Husker assistant in Iowa, assistant Rick Kaczynski. We love chatting ball with him. And a little music from time to time, maybe some baseball. What else does Kaz get into? He's a big muscle car guy, loves his Corvettes. Good takes there, but I think I think he'd like the Pixies. But I said Pixie, and you know Kaz is that Steel Town dude. He's like, what? Huh? That's the name of the band. <laughs> so he, um, no, he, he'll check him out. That's Speaking, a, that's just a good topic for conversation, though. Mount Rushmore of bands, like just asking that as somebody's a great way to figure out, like. But he's uh, I mean, uh, he's totally different. With yeah. loves the Grateful Dead, but is into. Heavy metal, because next week we'll have his open ready. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, he's a big Stooges guy. So the thing that the Kaz nailed, though, is is that that moment it happens, where you, where you get a tight, close ball game and, and you get a win. If you're in Nebraska, that proof of concept where you, you, you kind of fulfill getting the job done, and then maybe you don't wonder if – you can get the job done. So, uh, Northwestern, good stuff from Mitch Sherman, great stuff from Kaz on just the, the the danger that is Northwestern. Any other opponent, you kind of know what you're going to get. But 
Northwestern's unlike any other opponent just because of what they are. And what they are is a bunch of smart kids with a bunch of smart coaches that will themselves into being in your business all the time. They don't go away. They're not easy. And you overlook them, they beat you. Even if you respect them, they, depending on their team and their talent level, they can take you to the wire. Uh, News on Devin Drew. So he's been working online to to get graduated. He got graduated and uh, is now headed this way to Lincoln ETA. Going to be August 4th. So Thursday for Drew. You pray that Drew's been working out, doing some sort of program while he's been doing online work. And he's a guy that this fall camp was going to be huge for him. He doesn't have all that much experience as a, as a defensive lineman. Uh, if you know anything about his background, he went to community college, I believe Iowa Western, as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then while they're uh, about... Uh, a month and a half into his first season there, they said, you know what, let's move you up to the defensive line. He played as an undersized defensive lineman for a year, and they finally got the weight on him. He had one great season, and he went off to Texas Tech and was still kind of trying to, to get the, learn the ropes of the, of the defensive line a little bit, and he got a lot better as last season went on, and you're expecting this fall camp was going to be huge for him to get more experience, more time along the, the defensive line, and it's been cut short just a little bit, so now we're going to figure out how quick can he learn. You want a comp for Devin Drew? It's one of the guys that, that Kaz, Kaz had a situation like this his first year at Nebraska. And you move a linebacker to a defensive lineman, it's Eric Martin, mm-hmm. caveman. If you remember caveman, if you're a Nebraska fan, well, they put some weight on Emart, and he was, I think he was a close to a double-digit sack guy in 2013. So there's your example. That's what Iowa Western and their coaching staff does an amazing job. That's what they chose to do with Devin Drew. Nebraska is going to get a guy that's at least play a little bit. What's going to be different is is what he did at Tech. Tech was a three-down lineup, uh, a 3-4 defense, but it was a lot like the Diaco defense where they were, they were, well, let's not give up any big plays and just rush three. He did a pretty good job in, uh, in his role to, to get after the quarterback enforce some hurries so good news for nebraska you get that other option at defensive tackle in you got ty robinson you got to find depth for ty robinson and then you got to find who you're starting and who you're rotating in you feel good about the edge with garrett and tanner and of course oshan we'll switch gears And recap Better Call Saul. Spoiler alert on the way. Mike St. James. His thoughts on Better Call Saul with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Plays, where you can go subscribe. Tell us what you think. As uh, we are efforting Mike St. James. He is uh, a Better Call Saul connoisseur. He got turned on to it by our buddy Timo. Timo went to college with Saul, Bob Odenkirk. We welcome back Mike St. James. Sparty, how we doing? Oh, doing fine, Chris. How about you? I'm good, man. I am good. We are down. We are down to two episodes left in Better Call Saul. We are taking a football and training camp break because we always hit up you and uh, chop it up to talk Better Call Saul. And this was titled Appropriately Breaking Bad because the first time we got introduced to Saul in Breaking Bad, I think it was season two, the episode was titled Better Call Saul. Exactly. Yeah, and we've now had three episodes since that one that ended with Lalo and Howard under the meth lab. Right. And these ones have all been slower paced. They have. But, uh, but a lot has happened. Well, and, and the episode last week, you had the time warp forward where you go, you jump from Saul and Kim together to, I mean, we got to talk to Saul. I mean, if you're going to pay for it, you got to get upgrade your, uh, the talent you're bringing in. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, don't yeah. you, don't you think, I mean, if, if you're going to, if you're going to purchase a female companionship. You need to avoid like you're shopping at, at the Crystal Palace. Exactly. And what's with the, what was it? A bowl of Nutrigrain bars? That <laughs> go ahead and take one on your way out. Yes. It's not. Hey, do you want to grab breakfast? Hey, can I get you something to eat? It's not screaming. Get out. It's like <laughs> he puts his his little earbud in to to the Bluetooth phone call to take calls. And what's he doing? He's ushering out his one-night stand with a Nutri-Grain bar. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So, hey, and I, you know, we did we did not talk after the last episode, and I really want to know what your thoughts were when he was name dropping Taylor Martinez and Bo Pelini. We talked to Brandon uh, Kenny yesterday. He was with us at the Hale Varsity Club. Okay. So Kenny was he got three touchdowns against Okie State. He was referenced heavily in that episode. I thought it was hilarious because, and Elijah nailed this, you know, you got a Husker fan that's a security guard at Oakview that's going nuts. That season started so great. They were top five, top ten good, right? Yeah. And and they and then they they ended up, you know, limping to ten and four or whatever it was after the A and M game. And after losing to, to Oklahoma in the in the uh, the Big Twelve title game. So it was, it was really cool though because that was a fun season. That was a really fun season. That um, that yeah, oh yeah, and I know exactly what he was talking about: the Texas game, the Oklahoma State game, and then uh, the fact that he needed to distract, and the topic was football, right? Yeah, yeah. How great that you get to relive the 2010 Husker season while watching an episode of Better Call Saul. I was just hoping he would have referenced the uh, the Michigan State comeback. 
just for you, wow. Sparty. Yeah. Mike St. James with us. We're talking Better Call Saul. We're recapping uh, the episode here on Hale Varsity Radio. What do you think of of Kim just pretty much breaking his heart? And then him trying yeah, now she's, and then him trying to call what? her down in Florida yesterday. Yeah, she left for the glamour of a sprinkler company in central Florida somewhere. What are you gonna do? You know? But I wish we could have heard what he said. Now eventually we've got two episodes left. Mm-hmm. We've gotta find out what that call was about, right? I mean For it, sure. You know, you've you've probably talked to an ex on a payphone before. It never ends well. But man, he really went nuts. <laughs> Well, I'm interested too. With he, you know, you look at it, Saul's character in Omaha, Gene, the uh, the, the the Cinnabon guy at Oakview, and he's always able to mastermind stuff. I think Carol Burnett's going to rat him out. I think I think he gets taken down by the police, or worse, by by Carol Burnett. The the worst thing in the world yeah. for her was to to get on YouTube and figure out how to surf the web because i think she's <laughs> going to be the one that, that that takes him down or something or there's going to be some sort of flashback to her son running with that air quote wrong crowd in albuquerque so i you know it was weird it was what? with with the they superimposed saul in a coffin last night remember that how they yeah they transitioned they transitioned uh, from something to him laying in bed. I forget the the scene exactly. Yeah, I'm really in the weeds here. Was, forgive me. Yeah, that was wasn't that the grave that? Um, oh yeah, Walt he was supposed to be it. For him? Yeah, yeah, Walt. Yeah, because you see Walt and Jesse last night. It finally kind of crosses over to when he becomes yeah. their lawyer, and he's trying to to, to talk Gus into to buying uh, the 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 blue meth. Yeah. So what you're saying, you're worried that they're foreshadowing Saul's death, right? Yep. I think I think that that's yeah. got to happen. Don't you? God, I don't know. And I agree with you on Carol Burnett, though. I do think she's going to be his downfall. And how crazy is that? Like, <laughs> when this show started, did you think, well, maybe this could end with Carol Burnett ratting him out? Well, I, I didn't. But he kind of, he went from setting people up for the grand old con of identity theft with the old digital cameras. I was just making, he's making great banks selling people's savings and information. But then he, he breaks in, he uses his elbow to break into some guy's house in Regency court. (laughs) Okay. And, and that, that's, that's, he's never really gone that far ever, ever, ever. And the guy was a cancer patient, and you were thinking, "Oh, is he going to back down from this?" No, he's got a heart. He's got to have a heart, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, he's he's kind of going the way of Walt, really. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's set up, man. Beers for the Better Call Saul finale. I'll drive up to Omaha. I'll meet you at the Hale Varsity Club, and we'll get this uh, this thing rolling. I'm trying to get a watch party going. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah? We can wear our tackiest... Yeah, I'm definitely in for that. We can, we can wear our tackiest gear as a tribute to Saul. <laughs> Why did you, you have any loud suits? 
Uh, I don't think I got a friend who's got like a light baby blue one. I could see if you could borrow it, or okay. I, I could borrow it. Even. Okay, and we'll, we'll just reenact Dumb and Dumber. You know, do the old sword fight coming in. Sparty. Oh, very nice. Yeah. What's uh, What's been up with you, man? Uh, do you think? What do you think uh, is is happening next? About twenty seconds for the next episode. I think uh, we're gonna. I hope we find out what happened in that phone call. And I hope we get some resolution to, to Kim and Saul. But, yeah, I agree with you. Carol Burnett is going to bring him down. Yep. She will wonder upon. She'll go from cat videos to America's Most Wanted. And yeah. there is Saul. I'm thinking anyway. Spidey, will talk soon, brother. Thanks for jumping on. Have a great night, Schmitty. All right. There he is, Mike St. James. We recap Better Call Saul. We'll wind down a Tuesday next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Tuesday. Reminder, we're on the road Friday, kicking off at Hail Varsity Club in La Vista. So Roadshow Friday for Hale Varsity Radio for our Omaha audience. Excited uh, to, to be back up there. Day by day, we'll have a screening at Hale Varsity Club on the 23rd of August. The podcast, if you're just catching us and wondering who we are, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, podcast, Hale Varsity Radio. You can find us Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Rick Kaczynski, all over the red zone. And the Northwestern matchup earlier, Mitch Sherman talked camp with us. We dove into that seven-and-a-half win total. It got me thinking again just because of some friends out in Las Vegas. They're asking, hey, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do for this 2022 season? And Elijah said it best, unless it's your money, run. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We will no doubt be entertained tomorrow. The Pirate will join us, Mike Leach gets us going as uh, Coach Leach. He's still about a week away from, from camp, so we'll uh, get his perspective on some football, some better call Saul, whatever the hell else the Pirate wants to talk about. Always awesome. Mike Babcock will join us. Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. And then uh, we're loaded up. We'll uh, check in with Coach Barnett, Gary Barnett, and then Grant Wistrom. You know, while we're at it, on while, while we've got Leach, it'd probably be a good idea to get his take on opening statements at media days. That'll be a good thing. Because, I mean, Scott Frost beat him by one word this year in terms of opening no, statements. No, we'll, we'll dive into media days. I mean, Leach has told us that he'd rather do time in prison than at the time in his life pay back his student loan debt. But he did because Pirate did. I think he did. 
his law school wasn't mm-hmm. America Samoa University. We'll ask him if it if he thought about it, but no, he went to Pepperdine. And that wasn't cheap. It's probably gorgeous. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll get his take on on everything. He's a huge Better Call Saul guy, but more so, yeah, media days. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the food? What do you think of the questions? Is it filibuster time? Because he was all Netflixed and happy wanting suggestions for the uh, SEC media days. And then Joey did an impersonation of him, Saban, and uh, Brian Kelly about uh, milk. Yeah, Joey nails it. Yeah. You, you saw his, his last week on the uh, the baseball broadcast versus basketball broadcast. Sure. That was hilarious. No time during hoops. Storytell during baseball. <laughs> what kind of savage puts mayo on his peanut butter sandwich? Two-two count. <laughs> Got to call the cops on my partner here for being clinically insane. It's all right. <laughs> so we are um, back tomorrow at four on Hale Varsity. And uh, we'll check in with Nick Handley, of course, about 3.30 tomorrow. It's Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And uh, tomorrow, Coach Leach, excited for that. Big thanks to Coach Rick Kaczynski today, Mitch Sherman today, and uh, better call Saul aficionado Mike St. James. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. See ya. A Huda Media Production.